Hello and welcome to Chesscape Podcast, where we break down and review a movie while overall just trying to have fun because, you know, that's the best thing you can do in any circumstance. We're going to try our hardest. Uh, I'm your host, Drag King Thomas Hughes. Hi, I'm Hayden. I, I don't really want to be here for this one. Uh, this one's the shit show. Look, you signed up for the... Uh, for, uh, the six picture deal, you gotta do all six. I gotta sign up for all the fucking ones. You signed up for the entire Michael Bay month. You, you, you fucked yourself, basically. Michael Bay gave me loads of money, I had to. Anyway, uh, today we're discussing Transformers The Last Night, released in 2017. Uh, this movie served as the final entry directed by Michael Bay who brought us Six Underground and Transformers. Wait a minute. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> when you run out Michael Bay movies, you have to name drop Transformers. Yeah, the first Transformers, second, third, fourth. <laughs> the one we watched. <laughs> yeah, let's get, let's get straight into this. Uh, easiest way to sum this film up? A mess. Dog shit. <laughs> Yes, it's literally two films, two plot lines, all mixed into one. I wouldn't say dog shit, but I'd definitely say a mess. All over the show. It's got got a few redemption factors, but not enough to be as high calibre as even the fourth one, which wasn't the greatest. You know you're saying something when the fourth one was better. Yep. That film was very average. Somewhat. Even even that was something. This one was just... It's like like if you got a pie, you you bit into it. it. I mean, what? Yeah, and instead of actually having anything in that pie, it was just, you know, air. (laughs) You're eating pastry. A visually, a visual pastry. It wasn't even that good looking. It's got a cool like dragon design on it, but then there's just it keeps changing shape. So yeah, that's that's what this film was. A shape changing pie. A <laughs> shape changing. <laughs> Weirdest way to explain this movie. Um. Oh, there is obviously, as I said, there is a few factors that do have good positive nature on this. Straight up, Anthony Hopkins. He's definitely like, yes. a positive for this movie. He's, obviously, of all the comedy, he's the one that actually sticks. A lot of it is hit or miss. Most of the time, miss. But, I mean, Anthony Hopkins comes in. Just bang. That one scene in the car when someone's honking at him, he just sticks his finger up at him. And that, that, that just sold it. That just sold Anthony mm. Hopkins as... Probably one of the best like, human characters to come out of this franchise since. Um, probably the parents. Yeah. <laughs> the parents or Simmons. Because obviously, I mean, the human like, factor hasn't been the greatest in a while for Transformers. But Anthony yeah. Hopkins. It knocked it out of the park in this like, mediocre mess of a movie. And then like, knocked it even more out of the park with uh, fucking Ragnarok a few months later. Oh my god, yeah. And the best way to explain his, the comedy for him is for him, it's natural comedy. It fits him so well. And then you've got the other comic relief, and it's more forced comedy. And you mean, that's uh, what makes it hit or miss. Yeah. He's he, definitely, definitely forced. Anthony, it, it seems like they didn't want him to do that, but he did it anyways. <laughs> so, I mean, I just, feel, like, I, I just feel like he's, he's yeah. just sniffed a load of coke, got some uh, crystal meth in that whole pipe of his, and he's just there smoking it all day. Yeah. Uh, what's like, that? Uh, some of his comedy lines don't feel like they've been scripted. Like, he just, it's not what he came up with. Yeah, that, when that fat guy's running on the fucking sofa, he's like, move your fat ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's when he screams uh, at that woman's face, that cracks me up, though, with that scene. And she's just there, she's looking really confused. She's clearly like this, this tourist is coming to town to this submarine. 
And uh, she's just really confused. And it's like really old guy running for a sub, screaming down her face. Get out. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> I love the bit with the, the, the Prime Minister when he sat there and he's, uh, and he's going, Shep, 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 Shep. Fucking Anthony Hopkins, a fucking oh. legend. He is, honestly. I will say, like, another redeeming uh-huh. factor for this is probably, like, the, even though if some of the roles are only tiny, the re- returning characters from previous movies, because that's one thing the last movie uh-huh. lacked completely was anyone connected to the franchise, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Whereas this yeah. one, you got Simmons back in, like, a very tiny cameo role, but it was worth it because he's fucking hilarious trying to be part of the Wiki uh, clan. Yeah. Um, you've got it's... fucking Lennox back, obviously, one we said should have mm. been back last time. You've got that yeah. general. He's back. Mm. Um, you've got fucking Wheelie's back after missing the last film. Yeah. Uh, the, the British one, the green one. Because he was in the third film, not in the fourth. Green one? Yeah, the what? Because remember, he was the one that had, like, the cape. Oh, he's in the fourth what? one. He's in the fourth one. He was the green one, wasn't he? He was the one I'm that's. He oh. was the different character in the third um, one, remember? Yeah, that was it. That was it. Just ch- they just changed got... the characters with the voice wise. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I remember now. You got confused as much as Michael Bay did making this movie. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. I think that's all the actual returns. Oh, and like a little Shia LaBeouf picture where he looks like he's hung. Uh, I don't know what. Basically, they took a picture of him in real life. Yeah. There's, there's got one of his air police mugshots and let's put it in there. How'd that work? <laughs> oh, we need a picture of this guy. We need something brand new. Oh, that'd do. Get, that, get out of that page six of the Sun newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it's another redeeming fact of this film is the fact it's set in England, a lot of it. Because mm. that, that always like has like a little bonus for us usually, like, if a film like it has like heavy centered on England, you know you, we've got to give our country a bit of love, you know. Oh yeah, we definitely. Do. <laughs> of course, you're wearing a fucking. No, is that why you're wearing the fucking football t-shirt? This is dating. This is a recording session. Oh, uh, it's uh, <laughs> still it's coming home. To, uh, <laughs> not according to that one uh, NASA guy. <laughs> you mean the guy from fucking Arrested Development? Yeah. The one who has the. I think he's the guy with the puppet. Uh, yeah, he's the guy who has the puppet, and I think he has a hawk in his hand at one point in that show. Uh, yeah, that guy, the nerd, as we like to call him. <laughs> Use gravity. Gravity would do you justice. It didn't oh, work. No, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting there trying to commit, like, he's trying to like contemplate life and wondering why he should be alive. In the background, they're all celebrating. Oh, it's coming! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say, obviously, one of the big uh, points I really do like with this is the uh, opening sequence, the medieval yeah. battle. Uh, I found out while watching it, there's like two freaking uh, WWE wrestlers involved in that. Mm. Uh, the, uh, there's two English ones. One's from Wolvo. One's from just down the road. Uh, and I can't remember where the other one's from, but there's two wrestlers that basically wrestle in the UK branch of WWE that were part of that sequence. And I never noticed. Mm. I never knew. I think, th- thing is, I think I remember before reading that and I was completely forgot. It's just something that went out my mind and I was looking at it I was like, who is he? And I looked at the image and I was like, Oh, he's one of the, the, the sort of barbarian-like characters that are fighting, obviously, the, the knights. Mm. He was one of them. Well, they were one of them. Oh. They were two of them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, that, yeah, that whole sequence, I thought was really... It, it, it like, set the what was meant to be... The, it set, like, a bar for this film, and it just went like that afterwards. Yeah. It's probably, like, one, yeah. of the, one of the best sort of opening sequences you can find out there, especially in the Transformers franchise. Because I don't usually focus heavily on the opening sequence. It's only been recent, mm. really like the last two, like last like, f- like three maybe that I focused heavily on the opening like scenes. But I mean, this is like the peak of opening sequences. I know it's gonna get beaten next time with the fucking Cybertron battle, but this like on top of that, you obviously got um, Stanley Tucci back, but it's obviously Merlin this time. He's like really drunk. I just love the fact that uh, he's on the horse going. I'm totally sozzled. I just want more drink. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just, I just <laughs> love that fact. Obviously, I said to you when watching, I was like, it's a bit annoying that he's not playing the same character. 
Because obviously then you would have another tie to the last film because that's the one thing obviously we kept pointing out is the fact that uh, continuity between these this whole franchise is just a mess for this movie. Like, they completely ignore a lot of the factors of the last movie mm. and just roll on. Uh, but I mean, if they're going to have him play anyone, I feel like he was really good as Merlin. This is well, this I, really I, drunk what, guy. What I really loved is they actually brought back his character from the f- previous film and kept Merlin. Yeah. Having his Merlin as well. And the whole, could be a whole thing of like, he's like, like she, the, the love interest in this film isn't the only like um, descendant of yeah. Merlin. Like he could have been one as well. And he could have been like targeted by Megatron and I like died trying to like defeat them or something. Like something quite interesting. It could be cool to use him and have it, have it lead to her being the one having to do this instead of like him. I'm quite fun. Yeah. So I, I like as well with the opening sequence the fact that um, obviously you've got the knight to the round table. That's always like a great yeah. thing. M- M- Arthur and all that stuff. It's great stories and whatnot. Uh, I like the fact that there's like essentially there's Transformer knights around that table as well. So you've got the human knights and you've got the Transformer knights. I thought it was like, yeah. quite a cool like concept. Like There's like two sets of knights to the round table. There's the humans and the machines. I thought it was like a really cool like premise. Which obviously is even cooler when like, those knights can turn into a big fuck off dragon. Yeah, that that uh, uh, I think it's called Dragon Storm. I think, which mm-hmm. is like a fucking cool oh, name. Yeah, and he's got like, this really cool design. I like that. It's always a bonus yeah, for me. Is like having some sort of dragon presence in a movie. Oh my god! I just realised something. In the film, she actually says like. What, why do people like love the uh, Arthur films or, or the Arthur like, stories like all this kind of like honour and stuff or just because the dragons and it's like one of the, the big points we like about this film is the dragon <laughs> it's me <laughs> they, knew. <laughs> they knew even then <laughs> yep they predicted me all those years ago <laughs> I guess so um Obviously, I just think that whole opening sequence was just really epic and extraordinary. Yeah, the explosions, a little bit of slow motion, not too much. It wasn't overdone. Um, but the rest of the film, it was. Um, yeah. And he just had a really good like world building to set up the premise of this whole movie. Mm-hmm. It's just a shame the rest yeah. didn't live yeah. up to this sequence um obviously something you brought up when we were talking about that just was a uh, megatron because obviously he's back not galvatron you know it's the same fucking character um obviously design wise 100 percent better than last time continuity wise fucked because he can now transform normally yeah he's no longer nanobots he's a normal transformer which makes like instead of that at least has no explanation but like, i think it's trying to subtly the whole point is maybe um, what's her face? The um, weird tentacle woman, Quintessa. Tessa, yeah. I think they're trying to certainly like say it was her who rebuilt him. That's why he has that red streak. Yeah, but it, that makes no sense because how far away she is. Like, I mean, yeah, Prime was frozen to get there. Yeah, it makes no sense. But Michael Bay, they could have at least <laughs> like shown how it happened. Because you can tell that's what they're going for. Because the fact that they actually he has the same streak that um, Prime does. Yeah, the red. And I like that. I like the red streak. Yeah, it makes sense why that happened. It would be nice if they explained it, or if they kept him as nanobots and he chose that look. Yeah. But they didn't. That's that's the that's like one of the few many many flaws with this movie is obviously continuity. The others, obviously, being story's a bit of a mess. Uh, the camera changing fucking does my head in. Like one moment it's like biggest screen, and the next minute it's like that, and it's constantly going like that the entire movie. It just oh. really throws you over. Yeah, that, you throw, that you might be big screens in like action sequences. That made sense, but I mean. 
Don't do it every five fucking seconds like that. Yeah. So during an action scene, one scene will be a lot more like the black bars will be a lot lower. Some will be more like high. It makes no sense. At least fucking explain why you've got this life. But at least stick to a continuity. Like stick to the um, how you want the shot to look, how you want the story to be, or the cat. Like basically. Even in the even in the same fucking film, the continuity is shit. From story wise to like scene wise, at least stick to stuff. Well, don't do that, do they? Not at all. Yeah, obviously, uh, we do have a lot of like new characters in this movie. So obviously, Anthony Hopkins, obviously uh, the love interest yeah. Vivian, uh, obviously Quintessa, the which is uh, the first, well, really f- main female enemy for the films. We had the, the one in the second film, which I don't really care in that. But she obviously, every film so far has been a male, either Decepticon or Bounty Hunter, or Autobot is a bad guy. This obviously is the creator, who's obviously a female, which is the first, which is is good. I'd say obviously changed his pace a bit. It does, yeah. But obviously as well, the whole like storyline of Earth being Unicorn, which is a bit of a change to obviously normal Transformers. Because basically, like, because you can't the opposite of that uh, Transformers film we watched, where it was um, Unicorn destroying Cybertron. Basically, the complete opposite with Cybertron trying to destroy Unicorn. I, I, quite... I like that switch. Obviously, it's make. It's quite a, like a, a big kick in the balls for the uh, Autobots who have been trying to defend Earth, but it's them, one of their mortal enemies. It's like Earth. <laughs> it's quite an interesting change of plot. Throws you off. It throws you off, but in a good way. That's true. But obviously, you'd be expecting like this massive like world like eater coming elsewhere, but it's like no, 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 no. The world eater is Earth. Mm. Then of course, uh, I one thing, the thing I do quite like is the fact that it starts with a major battle between like basically two kingdoms in a way, barbarians and the Camelot people. Yeah, it ends between two a battle between two planets. It's like the say it starts and ends at the same place, really. With obviously the, the ending being this great like. Prophet, this great like um, character, the Merlin and Prophet Otis Prime, both were kind of at the darkest point at the start, I would say. Like, obviously, he started off as being a charlatan and a drunk, and Prime was obviously controlled by Tessa. And they both end up like being the one who helped come back to save the day. That, that's a quite like that in itself is good that they kept that bit. Just that massive chunk in the middle mm-hmm. between those, like the start and the end, that's what needs to change. That massive big thing there. You need to get some duct tape in there. Yeah. Start so taping up. Do you, do you know what they need? Some flex tape. I thought you were going to say prick stick. No. <laughs> uh, I, I will say, obviously, the I do like the action in this film. It's very like fast-paced and hard because as they instantly gets into a big battle, and then from that battle, quite quickly into some more action, and it, very quickly, like the first like forty minutes, just lots of action. Then it slows down, focuses a lot more on, like sort of like chasing and whatnot, and obviously storytelling, which is hit and miss. Before then, getting into this big battle at the end, obviously between two planets, and even two best friends, obviously Optimus and Bumblebee fighting. Which is a quite a cool fight. Yeah. It was the the action, as usual with the Transformers films, is yeah. good. That's true. If we completely ignore the changing ratio, <laughs> the yeah. action's good. Although, the, if I could say anything about any Michael Bay films, is that if I see one more fucking bit of slow motion, seriously, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> seriously. I am sick of slow motion. It's got to this point where Michael Bay loves slow motion so much, he literally creates a weapon 
so they can have slow motion in the actual world of Transformers, like actual canon slow motion, because you're that obsessed with it. You mean Hot Rod's Grenade? Yeah, the French guy who uh, is not actually French, just likes the accents. Yeah, he's Grenade. Oh my God. Literally, he just wanted to have that in the world. And that, as a little early stick, is my... uh, that there is my honourable mention for the Michael Bay Award is the fact that he wanted to put slow motion in the world of Transformers. Ah, uh, cool. See, um, personally, uh, obviously, the only good thing with that is that one scene with um, Hound at the end when he's shooting, he, he gets thrown, he starts shooting at Megatron, and you see all the bullets within this, like, portal ball thing and then when it goes it just all like whew, hits him and uh, shoots him to the side i thought it was quite a cool sequence yeah that was cool it has um a very like interesting way of using times like that whole slow-mo thing it's just the fact that it exists makes me laugh I, I do I find it funny that they brought Hot Rod into this like universe now. Obviously, uh, in the animated one, eventually he became became like this massive part of it, and yet he's just like essentially becomes like a joke early on. But obviously, we're not going to even see any more of him since this continuity is not carrying on. Yes, I, I mean the whole of this continuity, like even this basically film. I personally think is a complete separate universe to the Bumblebee prequel. Oh, there is. It pretty much yeah. is. At first, it wasn't. But when it did well, they said, what Transformers films? Nah, they don't exist. Because obviously, in this like very film, they basically say that he's a that the Bumblebee. Before he was Bumblebee, he was this Nazi killer. Like helping like American military defeat all of like Nazi Germany and stuff. So that yeah, so that obviously is a completely different backstory than what we get in Bumblebee. So it's quite. Not they try to come with a backstory, but let's be honest, since everyone fucking loves Bumblebee, we're going to prefer that backstory. I, th- I didn't oh. mind him being like part of this military unit, like it, like a prelude to what he basically became eventually. That's what I mean, like it, like it was all right backstory, but the one in Bumblebee is much more better. Could get to see this evolution of him. So yeah. Also, obviously, speaking of Bumblebee, good to really, like have that uh, find a bit of his voice cop- popped in. Oh yeah, and of course. You know why I love the voice. <laughs> Come on, you gotta, gotta love a bit of uh, Dylan, don't you? Oh. It's fucking. The fucking female version of his voice, though, gets me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the fucking. Basically, the Stephen Hawking's voice. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Like, there are definitely uh, an example of the hit sometimes do. Compared to uh, many misses. Another like, uh, hit is, uh, even though it's only like, the smallest of appearances, fucking Steve Buscemi is a Transformer called... Uh... Uh, Day Trader something? Yeah, Day Trader. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when he brings in from the voice. Yeah, he was fun. He's this sleazy fucking dealer that's <laughs> coming in like, I got this, I got this one, this one, this Ooh, and a uh, Starscream head, you know you want that. <laughs> that's going to come in yeah. handy when Megatron turns up. <laughs> yeah. Fucking stand there and uh, monologue to it. Old like friends. Fucking, like fucking Hamlet. <laughs> to be or not to be dead. <laughs> Bumblebee or not to Bumblebee? That is the question. Oh, uh, yeah, it was. There are some 
good elements, as I've been saying. It's just there's also a lot of shit. Yeah. I mean, the, the best way, obviously, of putting this, obviously, you said the, the middle's a mess. I feel like the start of it, obviously, is a good way to start. Then the middle, the main redeemer is obviously Anthony Hopkins. And I think uh, Cogman, I think it is, the Robert Butler. Those are the two sort of main redeemers of this middle section. And then you've got this really epic like, end battle. Probably the, one of the largest sort of scale fights you're going to see in one of these Transformers. And then it's obviously not like, like city destroying, it's planet destroying. Yeah. Like whole point of like either like what's at risk is not just one planet really it's technically two because you got the whole point of if unicorn because we at the end it is revealed that unicorn is there he's a living like thing on earth but it's like if earth gets destroyed Cybertron survives but at the same time there's a risk of Cybertron getting fully destroyed as well. It's basically fucked anyway. Yeah. But then find a way to like make it not so as bad at least. Have it like sort of like the best of both worlds in a way. Like Earth is survived. Cybertron, yeah, it's still broken, but it's not gone. I mean they can still return home at least. So at least that's done. Obviously they're leaving Earth behind. So, yeah. Um, the one thing, big glaring thing there is like, what the fuck are they going to do with the dinosaurs though? Because they aren't there to go on the fucking Cybertron. So they're being left in the fucking junkyard on their own. Because, like, the big, that, that is probably one, the thing that pisses me off is the amount of fucking, like, unused opportunities that they had. Like they had the opportunity to have all the three dinosaurs fighting alongside like the dragon and fight all the other like ones they've got, all the fucking but yet they don't use them, they just leave them back in the fucking junkyard to mill about doing fuck knows what. It's just a proper missed opportunity. That it probably would have made that end scene just that bit better as well. Can you imagine seeing this fire-breathing dinosaur and it's like fighting alongside this massive fire-breathing three-headed hydra? But they don't fucking use it. Oh, like a massive missed opportunity. Seriously. I feel like as well, I, I, one scene that. It's the most useless part of the movie, but it's, it just cracked me up a bit that they put it in there. It's the Suicide Squad sort of roll call. Yeah, all the fucking Decepticons, the two of them die instantly. <laughs> Pretty much. I love it. What that, is, it is it Mohawk who gets left behind? Like Megatron's fucked up and Mohawk's by himself. So, where's everyone going? Bumby. Yeah, literally. Oh, shit. I love that. Obviously, he's, he's named up in all these like Transformers he wants. He's like a uh, uh, Mohawk, yada yada, and he names drops that one, and it shows like this really like, brutal, vicious one. And uh, they're like, "Yeah, we're not. You're not having that one." It, it makes sure like deep down, like for the fact he jumps to an, another one instead. Deep down, he's like, "Yeah, I thought that was a bit of a push." To be fair. Yeah. Oh, that's my favourite one. Usually <laughs> goes down the tower, you know, popping neck in. The one thing I don't get though with that is obviously they've got all these locked up Decepticons, but yet they've been blowing up Transformers when they see them, so why have they got these locked up and not destroyed? That makes no sense. Uh, yeah, but we could put that around to Michael Bay logic, you know, if yeah. you want. It's a bit right. <laughs> like, like I say, like we were saying before. This is an example of continuity in your own fucking film, like just that one specific film being completely messed up. Yeah. Um, uh, I think uh, I like the music in the background. I thought the music was quite a uh, kick-ass. Mm. It had a nice beat to it, especially that when it's like getting all like, dramatic and it turns around. It's just Cogsman playing the fucking organ. <laughs> yeah, that one, yeah. 
or doing his <laughs> fucking opera singing. <laughs> and then Snoopy's just like, I'm gonna mail you back to Cybertron in a box. <laughs> it's basically like a better version of that joke in Shrek 3. When they were Shrek and Arthur having that, uh, ironically, having that, uh, like, touching moment and this bird in the background playing on his uh, doorbell. Sorry, it would add a bit dramatic to it, like, it was kind of a better version of that joke. Yeah, basically. Well done for doing a better joke than that shit film. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of anything. Uh, obviously, special effects as usual, Transformers is good. Yeah, decent, decent. Obviously, it's not as groundbreaking as it was back then, like back in like mm. when the first one came out, but it's still basically... There's been an upgrade ever, ever so slightly. It always still looks the same, but obviously you can, you know, it's different technology. Yeah, it's... definitely. Um, uh, I don't know what else to say. Two and a half hours long. <laughs> yeah, two and a half hours long. Uh, basically, good, uh, <laughs> good, like, layer. Good pastry, just it's a good concept, but it's not yeah. executed great. Yeah, speaking of execution, there's the whole fact that it's basically two fucking plots mixed into one. So they go through this whole plot line of Mark Wahlberg having this father daughter relationship with this random daughter, Laura. You know, she has her own little boots, but it's not boots, it's a robot, Squeaks. and then he. With big <laughs> then they go for a completely different plot line with love interest between the uh, British Merlin descendant. And it's like, okay, what was the whole point of having her there, having Dora there, if you're just going to completely scrap that, go for love interest, and they're like, oh shit, we forgot about her. Let's bring it back for the final climax. So it, there was no real like reason to have that, her there Unless you'd have her go for the entire fucking film with him, that'd make much more sense. Like it worked in the previous film, make it work here. To be fair though, by the point of the ending, Michael Bay probably already fucking climaxed. What well, slow motion <laughs> we've already seen. Climax and hot when you use that one slow my grenade. Like, oh god, that's the perfect. This is my magnum opus. And then the, the writing, the writing crew was next to him was going, Sir, we still have this uh, other character we brought in and got rid of instantly. Oh, I'm just going to mop up, do whatever you want, bring her back in. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's like, this is going to be the best film I've ever made. Like, so we've got to write a story. Uh, we'll throw some of it later. This entire time we've just been doing slow motion fucking scenes and that's it. So we've got a better plot. Um, <laughs> Get through it from the bin, it'll work. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to you bring up? Anything else I want to bring up? I can't 100% think of anything else that I want to ma- massively bring up. Yeah. And slam or praise, because I've pretty much done my praising as best as I could. I know. How fucking like convenient is it that Mark Wahlberg happens to be in the same place where this fucking sigil which basically turns into fucking Excalibur happens to be like some random fucking green guy from, from the previous film is like I know that I was one of the weird drones that were trying to shoot you all but here I have this sigil because you are a knight now apparently Mark Wahlberg uh, oh I'm dead I, I like, feel like he was tracking that ship I mean, it's a bit weird that this robot was like, yeah, you're cool, man. Have this. That's what I mean. Like, why would he have that? Because he's supposed to be one of the, um, like, drones that was in the previous film that was helping Blackout, or his name is. I don't know if he's meant tell- to- I think this ship is very similar, but I don't think he's meant to be one of those. He's yeah, because... Like, I'm pretty sure because he had green eyes. They used the green eyes to represent, like, his... Sort of workforce, wherever it is. Who knows? So, I mean, like, it made no sense for him to have that, but yet he does. 
and conveniently gives it to the person it requires. It's just a lot of like coincidences. Yeah, what can I say? Muggle Bay, a main protagonist. You can't, you can't beat him. <laughs> uh, okay, there's, there's favorite moment if you can think of one. Uh, Easily the opening medieval sequence for me. Stayed wise, really cool, really epic scale. It set the tone for the movie, and just the rest didn't live up to it. So that's probably apart from the ending. Probably the ending's probably the only thing that lived up to that. Uh, yeah. So I feel like that's definitely probably going to be the best moment of the movie. Is that just whole like first ten minutes? Was it five ten minutes? I've lost track of time. Yeah, my favorite moment has to be in the credits because thank fuck it was over. Seriously, I. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. The, the credits over the after credit scene or the credits after the after credit scene? After the after, after credit scene? Okay, yeah. At first, <laughs> the, the previous credits like, oh, I find it's over, and then it cuts to a fucking end credit scene, and I was like, oh, fuck's sake, more! And then it finished, and then the proper credits, and I was like, right now I can just like, not watch this ever again. I do find it funny. Obviously, this film struggles with uh, continuity, and yet, it, and obviously, any sort of con- real connections to any previous movie, and yet, it still nods the Egypt and Hong Kong uh, sequences from two and four with that one scene of Cybertron destroying them. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you, you, should we get uh, continuity anyway? Nah, let's just uh, get to Egypt, Hong Kong. That's continuity. No, it's not. There it is. No, it's not. I just like destroying shit. Woo! Michael Bay. <laughs> That's it. He just picks them up randomly. It happened to me in those two fucking places. Uh, oh, that's convenient. Okay, it's uh, that's that's right, this motherfucker. Uh, I I said I think the simplest way to put this is a mediocre mess. I've seen way worse movies, but I've also seen way better movies. Um, and it is definitely the uh the bastard child of the Transformers franchise. Yeah, basically. Uh, see, okay, get ready for my weird ass rating here. Um, so a four is what I'm gonna. The, the, the base, the base is a four. It's very, it is easily a four. Uh, but, okay. but, uh, it gets an extra point for Anthony Hopkins in the same vein as Michael Caine. Get always gets an extra point because Anthony Hopkins is amazing in this movie. It then mo- minuses a point for the camera changing constantly, so it's back to four. Back to four. Yep. You still with me? Still with me? Um, it, gets, right, it gets half a point now for there being a dragon involved because I always have to give like a half a point every time I see a dragon in a movie. It gets another half of the point for being heavily based in England. Gotta give our, uh, gotta give our nation some love. So yeah. So that brings it to a five. I do want to bring it back to a four, but I, I gave um, Jaws 3D a four and. I'd rather watch this than Jaws 3D. So I'm going to stick with a five. It's a mediocre mess. Uh, so I'm going to give it. It gets a point for the entire starting sequence. It gets a point for the end sequence, like the whole end fight. Well, like, it'd be quite like the end fight. It gets a point for Anthony Hopkins. And it does get a point for the dragon. And I'm going to stick it with a four. Because it's like, I, think, I don't want to watch Jaws 3D. We also don't want to watch this again either. So to me, they're on equal footings. So yeah, yeah like, this is definitely like mid card between like, just over like a four point five. But uh, yeah, yeah, after the fucking rounding, then so that's yeah, why it has to be rounded up. Can't round down to four point five. Actual James, he finds some kind of way to do it, <laughs> even if it's the wrong way to do it. <laughs> Um, oh, oh yeah, forgot about him. Uh, Alex! Welcome back to a geeky segment again, because it's me by myself and no Hayden and Tom again. <laughs> Why do they keep making me watch bad movies by myself? I don't know. But anyway, um... Transformers the last night? Hmm... It's boring. <laughs> they had some good comedy in it, like which is a lot more than last week's one. So that's a 
that's a very much of a positive. I like comedy. Uh, I really do like the comedy in movies, but yes, they showed off some great old men banter and the old women's wives round the table. Ooh, you should get a wife, her husband. Oh, a wife. Oh, there's noises going upstairs. Oh, they're having the shaggy shag. But yes, yes. It was not a good film. <laughs> it was an average film. Nowhere near good. It was average. Maybe a bit below average. But, you know. Did I enjoy the film? It was okay. It kept me semi-engaged during it. I wasn't 100% focused on the film. So, yeah, it wasn't the best of that way, but you know. What are you going to do? The film. The Transformers film. The later Transformers films. They're not as good as the first ones. But oh well. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Nothing. No. Did this film make me fall asleep? Yes. I fell asleep. Watching the film at the very end. Like, yeah, it was the very end, but you know. It's only... Quarter to... Quarter to seven at a night. So, yeah. I've only been awake for... Uh... Nine, ten hours ago? Ten. Yeah. Almost ten hours. <laughs> so I'm nowhere near tired enough to go to sleep normally. But yes, this film has made me basically fall asleep. So, hey, if I want to fall asleep anytime soon, I can watch this film again. Will I? No, because it was shit. I did not like this film. Um, they had an interesting concept with... I thought this film was going to take, like, just use the kids at the very beginning of the film, but no, 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 no. But then he went to Britain, and I was like, ooh, okay. No, 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 no. I mean, I did stay in Britain, but you know. Um, I had a fucking... At the beginning of the film, I thought I was watching a completely different film. I had to double-check to make sure it was the Transformers film. <laughs> I was like... Have I clicked on Game of Thrones or something? Some shit like that? No. Anyway, that's basically my overall for the film. Was it good? Not really. Will I watch it again? Probably not. Especially not by myself. Um. What do I give it as a 10 though? Last week I gave it a 7. But this one, I'm, no. Average is five. It's below average. So I'm going to give this a Chatter Cave rating of 10, a four. That was really muddled up, but you know. <laughs> it's getting a Chatter Cave overall of a four out of ten for me. Hmm. And next week, I actually get to watch a film with Divas. And it's Bumblebee! It's Bumblebee! So, a lot happier. So, see ya there. Okay, so uh, that gives Transformers The Last Night a Chatsuko overall rating of 4.3. He went the same as you. Okay. Yeah. I still feel like he's just doing that to cover up the fact he gave the last one a seven. He's <laughs> uh, disappointed. Okay, so just go MVP award time, and this week it's very obviously Sir Edmund Burton, played by Sir Anthony Hopkins, because he's the yeah. comic relief. We always look of a good a comic relief, especially when it feels natural and Anthony Hopkins makes it natural, and that that whole flipping the bird scene just summed it up for me. Going a fast car, I... flipping the bird at someone. <laughs> Basically, us in GTA. Yeah. <laughs> but that's at each other. 
Yeah, obviously. As we're in the same car. <laughs> uh, so the runner-up, I, I was going to give it to Cogman, played by Jim, voiced by Jim Carter, because it was the buddy dynamic between them. But I don't feel like he deserved the MVP. So Anthony Hopkins deserved it alone. I was going to give it to Steve Buscemi, yeah. but he was barely in it. So if it was a bit, if it was another scene with him, like when the ship came, if he was driving that ship, then I wouldn't give it to him because. Come on, it's Steve Buscemi. i got to give it to Connor's old, old man. I mean, Steve Buscemi. Um, <laughs> but he wasn't in it. In that sequence, so I couldn't. So I had to give it to Cogman. Just, just because he tried to choke uh, Mark Wahlberg out before the film. It would have ended the film very quickly. Yes, it would have. For the bad movie. Yep. So we completely forgot about the Michael Bay Award during recording. Because I was kind of in a rush to get this one over and done with. Because I had something to do. Um, so I'm going to quickly do this in editing so the Michael Bay Award picture on screen right now uh, is going to be that Bumblebee scene where he keeps coming together but it's all really slow motion legs attaching, arms attaching, people getting hit by feet uh, stuff's going there and everything, obviously Hayden honourably mentioned that grenade from a hot rod, or hot rod as he kept calling himself um, but we forgot to do this in the actual video, so it, as she said uh, to me before recording yesterday, it's definitely got to be the Bumblebee scene when it comes together early on in the film. So, well done, Bumblebee. Uh, you win the NBA award, and you're also going to be on next week. So, ha. <laughs> Irony. Uh, so, my question of the day is... Would you like to have seen them actually complete the story? Because obviously there was one more movie. I think in Michael Bay, it's like six like movies to obviously end the, this sort of storyline. Obviously, it could have been better. could have been worse. It's 50-50. But I mean, obviously, if you, if, we've got like this open ending there, which is not going to be resolved for the fact that the next one, I'm pretty certain, uh, Rise of the Beast, is it's set in the 90s, so it's not going to be involved at all. So obviously, we're not going to get the ending, obviously the unicorn ending. So, but... Would you have liked to see them like, try just to even if it, just to finish it off, even if it was like mediocre? As lo- obviously, as long as it was a bit better than this for you, would you like to see them actually finish this story? No, I can't deal with any more fucking slow motion. Seriously. No, I mean, if, you, like, if, they, if like if he he was like producer, he wasn't like fully involved. If it was like Bumblebee, where he he basically wasn't involved. Like he he has saying like the plot because it's his story, yeah. but he's not directing. If he has involved the plot, then like maybe it'd, it'd have to be for the fact that it's his but, story. Technically, this whole six. Yeah, I don't actually. Then again, I don't think he wrote any of them. I think it. Was, I can't remember who wrote them. It was. I, I think it was someone. I don't think it was the same person all the way through. But I mean, like if yeah. he had like actual like saying how things go, like okay, I want this to happen here. I want this to happen like now. Obviously, you do. Whatever you want me to film in tactics, you know, put the slow mo in if you want. Just saying, um, but obviously, if, like, if he was some some way involved, like, if there was some way just to finish off this story, like, without just leaving it on this essential cliffhanger, would you like to see them like actually try and finish the story off with just what is just one more movie, one and done, and then you can just reboot, spin offs, prequels, yeah. you name, know, you do what you want. If it was like Bumblebee, like, if it was like Bumblebee, then yeah. But if he was going to be directing it, then no, because I can't. I seriously cannot deal with it anymore. Like this one, basically grinds it down to like they've got some good points to it, but it's just it's a chore to watch, really. Which that is saying something for a Michael Bay film because it's supposed to be like quite easy to sit down, just being up with the plot, just sit down, watch it, you know, pretty lights. But even this one has some problems with the visuals, so yeah, no thanks. But, but if he doesn't get involved, like director-wise, then sure. What if though he made it like he did the first Transformers film, like not too much slow motion? Like if he had the same director really style as that first. He would one? though. Do you really think he would restrain himself? Like, as you can tell, each film is a little bit more slow motion, which is basically, I think this, these sets of films are him basically developing his obsession with slow motion. But, like, it starts off small. If they did, if they did manage to restrain him to back, 
So if he was directing, they managed to restrain him to just do like the first film, a little bit here and there, not too much. Would you let him come back and do it? No. Not even to finish off his vision? No. Honestly, if you be producer, if you're behind the scenes, you can't do director. Because, no. Yeah. Not even if there wasn't any slow motion whatsoever. If there's no, like, it would look good, maybe, but still, I don't think it will be, like, the best thing out there. Like, I think the only way to, if he actually did finish it, and it was dog shit, I don't know if we would have had, like, any more. No, they would have rebooted it easily. They, they, they wouldn't have yeah, it dog shit. They definitely would have rebooted it. Like, I try to like, it. it's the timing for the this for the thing, for this one, and Bumblebee was just perfect. But I think another one might have like just pushed it off the edge. Another shit film. So no, unless he unless he's not directing, but no. Interesting. That's my vibe. Interesting way of looking at it. Um. Yeah. Okay, that's it for Chatter Cave podcast this week. Uh, I'm going to just stop announcing the movies at the end of the podcast. So in case, obviously, anything changes between now and then. Or, you know, more vlogs like we did last time. Who knows? Uh, so, yeah, I've been your host, Ranking Thomas Hughes. I'm being... I'm, I'm now done with Michael Bay. Like, can't do anymore. You know, you, you, you have to say, uh, adios, Michael Bay, because five back-to-back weeks of your movies is uh, a bit too much. A bit too much for a stretch. Yeah. Well, hey, at least Dora was in this film. <sighs> what about you and Dora? <laughs>